Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Blazer Victory Podcast, episode number 66. This is John Duncan, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Steve Irvine. And, Steve, we've got a bowl game to preview today. And I, I knock on wood, but, you know, we did that bowl preview last year with the Gasparilla Bowl, <laughs> and the next day it got canceled. But something tells me we don't have to worry about that this year with this bowl game. And we've got a lot tougher opponent this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, real tough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We take I mean, on yeah the BYU Cougars coming in number 13, 10 and 2 overall. I mean, you know, we were talking earlier and you put on the film and my goodness, this looks like a P5 team. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, this is a team that uh, you'll probably, you know, take away Georgia and and it might be the, the best team that UAB's played since the return. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I'd have to kind of look at some of those other other years, you know, but I, I, they kind of it kind of forget a little bit about some of those teams or some of those years that, you know, exactly who UAB played, but, you know, certainly this year, I mean, this year it's the second best team that they played for sure, you know, behind Georgia. Yeah. Um, and, you know, all you, all you UTSA whiners, um, you know, <laughs> that, uh, I mean, I think BYU is a better football team than, than UTSA is. And, 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 and Hey, I, again, I've said it before. I admire what UTSA did this year. I think it's a, a good football team, but I think this team's better. Um, yeah. And so, uh, you know, I think it's a it's a huge challenge. Uh, it's going to be a fun challenge. Uh, you know, the one thing with uh, with BYU and, you know, just over the years, uh, you know, I mean, years ago, they were kind of known with for their you know, wide open offense with Ty Detmer and those guys. And, um, you know, but even in those days, what made them good other, you know, was was the fact that they'd punch you in the mouth, you know, and, and that's mm-hmm. that's the one thing that that, you know, BYU plays a physical brand of football, and, and they're they're they'll they'll hit you first, um, and and probably last, and probably a little bit after the whistle sometimes. And, <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, but in a good way, I have no problem with that. I have no problem. No, that's, hey, that's what yeah. that's what football is all about. But I, I've always admired the way they play. You know, I've always admired the the fact how physical they are and how they get after you. And um, you know, it's just um, this team. It, this team's like that. And now this team has some you know, injury problems or they banged up a little bit at some, some certain positions, but, uh, but the guys that are playing for, for, for BYU are going to be, you know, physical and, and nasty and mean and, and, um, and, and that's what makes them good. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And guys in a few minutes too, we'll roll our interview that Steve and I had with a uh, Mitch Harper that uh, does a great job uh, covering BYU for KSL. I mean, he's a radio host, on KSL Sports, uh, covering BYU football, and he does a bunch of other things too. He's on BYU 247. Very knowledgeable guy. Just so grateful to have him come on and spend about 20 or so minutes uh, just talking BYU football with us. Um, but like I said, we'll roll that in a few minutes. Um, but yes, Steve, you know, BYU 2:30 December 18th, Saturday on ABC. Um, what a great opportunity for UAB to showcase, you know, our program. Um, and you don't have to worry about and I think I saw somebody on Twitter say this. Uh, you, you don't have to worry about getting your fire stick out, your digital, whatever out. You can just put yeah. it on, uh, you know, ABC, you know, at 2.30. Um, so it's, it's a great feeling to be playing, you know, on ABC. Um, but like we just mentioned, I mean, this is a very tough opponent. Uh, BYU's got some big guys up front on both sides of the ball. As Steve just mentioned, you know, they, they're a very physical team. Um, but one thing, you know, that we'll get to in our interview with Mitch that, you know, they do have two losses. And in those in both of those losses, the other team was kind of almost able to out physical them, um, especially the Baylor uh, loss. 
um, and a little bit on the Boise State loss, too. Um, now, granted, BYU did have four turnovers in that game to Boise State. Um, but, I mean, it, just what an opportunity for UAB, Steve. I mean, a, a top 15 opponent with number 13 BYU coming in. I mean, what an opportunity for UAB to end the season on a – I mean, I, honestly, that might be – if you know if they're able to do it, it might be one of the the best wins in program history oh i don't think there'd be any doubt i mean you're talking <laughs> about you know a top 15 team and yeah and what and what this can do for you moving forward i mean this just this changes uh this can change the whole mindset going into an off season when you when you win a game like this and just the the high of winning a game like this and and uh it would be it would be huge for this program i mean it would be a step it would be a huge step uh for the program and um one that you can build off in recruiting, uh, you know, one that you can build off in, in just the offseason work and just, um, you know, this, this, this is important. I mean, this is an important one because this is a, this is a program that's, um, you know, with, with have, has a lot of seniors, you know, UAB has a lot of seniors and, and um, you know, there, there's got to be a little transition in this, in this, in this next step. I mean, you're going to have some very key guys that are moving on. And uh, so, so, in that tr- uh, transition, if you can take the momentum of beating, you know, a program, you know, for one, beating a, a top 15 program, right. but for two, for, for two, beating a traditionally really good program, you know, so yes. it's not like this is a, um, you know, I go back to UTSA. I mean, UTSA had a great team this year and they're top, you know, a, a, a nationally ranked team. And, and you know, if you beat them that, you know, that, that, that's big for your program, but they're not a traditionally, you know, strong program, you know, they will be, you know, but, but, uh, but, but they're not, you know, but, but BYU is, I mean, this is a tradition, you know, people know, you know, college football, people know BYU. And, um, and so, uh, you know, to take a a momentum, if you can beat a program like this and, you know, take it into, uh, you know, the off season, uh, it's, uh, it's huge. I mean, you know, you sort of look back at, uh, you know, when, when Louisiana tech beat Miami, you know, it, it's kind yeah. of the same thing, and and that wasn't a very good Miami team, but they still take the momentum in the offseason of, hey, we beat Miami. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we beat the U. You know, and now the difference in this is this is a really good football team too, and yeah. that Miami team wasn't. So it's a different thing, but 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 in 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 some senses it's, it's similar because uh, you know you, you beat a traditional power, you know, a traditional um, team that knows is college football power, you know, very good program. So. Um, it's huge and, you know, huge, but, but, you know, it's not going to happen if, if UAB doesn't show up ready, you know, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's just bottom line, you know, and, and and you could say the same for the other thing. If BYU is still, you know, has the hangover or whining about, you know, not making, you know, New Year's six, which, which I understand where their, their argument comes because when they're five and oh against PAC 12, they, they, they beat the PAC 12 champion. Um, you know, um, so, I mean, I understand their argument. Uh, uh, I, I, don't know that um, realistically that they should be in, in a New York six game, but just because of the way, it, you know, it, it shook out, but um, I can understand that. But if they come in uh, with, with that mentality, then, you know, then, then that's going to hurt them. I don't expect with a, with a guy like Kalani Sataki as your head coach, that you're going to come in with that mentality. Yeah, he, he doesn't not. strike this kind of guy that's going <laughs> to, you know, sit around and whine because he didn't get what he wanted. I mean, he he's, he strikes me as the kind of guy that's going to say, okay, they didn't give us what we wanted, so we're going to go show them they're wrong. 
Right. And, uh, you know, so that's to me, that's kind of the mentality I think this this team will take coming into it, this BYU team will take coming into it. And and conversely, UAB has to match that. They have to match that uh, that intensity. And, and if they do, we, you know, we could see a heck of a game. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, I definitely agree with you with what you just said about uh, Sataki. I mean, you go back to even last year's bowl game. Um, when they played a UCF, I think it was in Boca where they played UCF, a really good UCF team. And, you know, the kind of the, the surrounding noise was like, well, does BYU really want to be in this bowl game? I mean, you know, they were coming off a tough, tough loss to a uh, coastal Carolina and the build up for that game. And I mean, BYU just came in and beat the crap out of a really good UCF team. So I definitely expect them to be up for the game. I, I don't know if their fans will be up for the game, you know, like we saw on Twitter, um, a good portion of them, but um but I definitely think the team will show up ready. So UAB better be prepared and be ready for a dogfight next Saturday. Yeah, I, I don't think the the fans uh, have any, have any impact on this game. For, you know, <laughs> I mean, I think it's, it's if the team shows up, that's what's important. And uh, you know, and and because I you know I don't think that this is going to be a, a a large contingent of uh, you know BYU BYU fans there necessarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not an easy trip for them, even though it, it's a national program and there's there's you know there's there's you know plenty of BYU fans around the country. So I I, I think I, I think there'll there'll be some fans there, and I think it'll be you know they'll they'll make an impact, but you know it's, it's certainly not going to be you know like it would be if they were playing in their backyard uh, or or closer, you know, Southern California or somewhere that would you know it's easier to get to, but um, you know, but again, it's a matter of uh, you know, it's a matter of, of the team, these guys showing up, and you know, and and they will, they will. This is gonna be this is gonna be a good game. Right. And Steve, let's be honest. I mean, Conference USA or ESPN, whoever didn't do UAB a whole lot of favors. You know, I'm I, unfortunately I'm not gonna be able to make it to Shreveport right. for this game because I'll be in Legacy Arena pulling, you know, for the basketball team that I already had tickets for. Um, so. I mean, I, I hope we still have a good showing, you know, out in Shreveport. And I've already seen, you know, some UAB fans on Twitter saying that they are, you know, booking hotels and everything, which is great. Um, but the conference didn't do us any favors by booking uh-huh. it the same day and almost same time as the huge basketball game. Yeah, and that's unfortunate. Uh, it really is. I mean, it would be it'd been nice to 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 go to both. Uh, you know, in a way, it's just a it's just you know you know it's, it's something that happened. You know, it yep. just it's not. Um, know it's, it's not the ideal thing but you know you, you got to overcome it and and hey the the, the fans that, that that are fortunate enough to go to the football game um need to make an impact you know that, yes. that's that's the way you have to look at it you know you can't you can't worry about it now you know mm-hmm. um again it's the same thing as as byu you know not making a uh new year six game and, and the same thing as utsa fans that are upset about you know having to go to the frisco bowl Mm-hmm. Where wherever they put you, and when, you know when that ball kicks off, it yeah. all that stuff doesn't matter. You know, right. the, the it doesn't matter that that you know I wanted to go to that basketball game too. Doesn't matter. You know, um, you, you know at this point, you know you hate it, and and you know you'll always kind of carry the uh, not resentment, but you always kind of carry like, boy, I, I sure wish that didn't happen. I sure wish yeah. we could do both. But um, when it comes down to it. You know the the fans that, that like yourself that are going to the basketball game need to make an impact, and yes. the fans the fans that go to the football game need to make an impact. That's that's just that's <laughs> that's that's all you can do right now. Um, I don't necessarily think it was right that it happened, um, but you know, but we you know again we don't know why the decisions were made either. Yeah, um, that's true. You know, there, you know there, there's these they make these decisions for a reason, and and 
and they don't necessarily think about it the same way, you know, we do as, as you know, as fans and, and people that care about one of the universities. Um, they, you know, they have different um, processes that they, that they look at and that's what they chose. So, you know, you, your choices are either you go ahead and play where they tell you to play or you, you, you go, you take your ball and go home and, and sit in the corner and, and whine that you would rather play the other place. I would rather go wherever they tell me to play and, and, and play. You know, that's just the way I look at it. Right. Well, guys, um, you know, like I said, we're going to roll our interview that we had with uh, Mitch Harper. And uh, Steve, did you want to touch on anything before we roll the interview? Well, yeah, I think there's a couple of things we need to touch on. One, one okay. is, is, you know, I think a key part of this game is going to be, uh, you know, health, you know, and, and yes. I think the one thing that, you know, obviously the, 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 the big thing is, is, um, is Dwayne McBride's ankle, you know, um, you know, from what I understand, he's, he's been practicing from what, what, from what I understand he's going to play. Um, and, uh, that's huge, you know, and, and it, uh, you know, he's had some time to, to rest and, and I think, you know, overall as a team, this will probably be the healthiest UAB has been in a while, you know, because they've had a time to rest. Now that's not going to mean that these guys still aren't banged up and that's on both sides, you know, both teams, yeah. but, uh, but I do think the, you know, a little three or three week layoff or whatever it is, you know, between between games is going to be really good for for UAB to have some guys back out there that, um, you know, and feeling better. You know, even some guys that played in the UTEP game and, and, and played in the UTSA game, you know, Mac McWilliams, you know, he, he, here he's got three more weeks, you know, to, to to really get ready. And, you know, plenty of guys like that for for UAB. So, um Demon Miller. I mean, you know, he played some in on special teams in those games. You know, maybe he's ready to get back out there. You know, so just I, I think that's that's going to be a huge factor to see. You know, who's out there for UAB and and, and for BYU because they they have. Then um, you know you'll see in our interview. Um, you know, they have some guys. You know that um, are banged up too, and and so it'd be huge to see who's back out there, and that and that you know that's good to see, and and. Um, so, um, and, you know, and the other thing is, is, you know, obviously there's been five guys now that have, have went in the portal from, from UAB and, you know, yeah. I wish all those guys the best. I mean, I, 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 mean, I respect, um, anybody who makes a decision that, that, that they want to move on. I respect that. I don't care who it is. I mean, you know, yeah. whether, whether you, whether you could use them next year or, or going forward or not, you know, I, I respect that because it's, you know, it's, it, they got to make what's the decision best for them, but, you know, I don't know, you know, who, who will be playing, um, you know, Tyler Johnson, if he, if, you know, I don't expect him to play. I don't know. Um, but, you know, so that's a situation now where, where Lucero is number two, if that happens. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know, you got to see, you know, he's got to be ready. And, uh, you know, the same for all those guys, you know, uh, you know, some of them, obviously Chris Moe wasn't, wasn't going to play anyway. You know, Vardaman wasn't going to play anyway. Um so, so, you know, it's not like, like not all of who have announced now would, would, are really a factor in this, but, um, but, you know, we'll see, we'll see. That's, that's the other thing who, who shows up for both teams, you know, cause there, there could be some guys on either team that um, have quietly said they're leaving and we just don't know about it yet, you know? And yeah. so, um, so I think that's going to be interesting to see who, um, who's there and who's not there uh, in this game for, for both teams. And, and um, so, um, but, but again, the health, you know, the health of, you know, I mean, like I say, the one, definitely the one jumps out is Dwayne McBride, but you know, there's some other guys too. And, 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 you know, there's, uh, uh, it's opportunities too, for, 
like if Rajay Johnson Sanders, who's another one that's went in the transfer portal, you know, yeah. if he's not playing, you know, that gives somebody else a, uh, you know, a chance to get extended snaps, you know, yeah, next uh, man up mentality, man. Next man up. Yeah. And, and, and maybe it's a young guy. Maybe, you know, maybe this is a game where we see um, Fred Ferrier or, or Jordan Palmer or somebody yeah. like that. I'm not, I'm not sure where they are numbers wise and how many games they've actually played in um, to get to the four game. Cause they still want to redshirt them. Um, so I'm not sure exactly, you know, where, um, where those guys are with, with their number of games, but if they've, you know, if they've, um, if they have a, a game to play w- without losing a red shirt, then, you know, maybe they, they get a little extended role, or maybe this is a chance for uh, Tejon Palmer to, um, you know, to, to get an extended role. Cause I, I, you know, I think he's a guy who's shown a few flashes and, and um, I think he's, he's ready to be a, you know, a guy. And, and so maybe this is his chance. So it's going to be, um, you know, if Rajay Johnson Sanders doesn't play, I don't know if he, like, again, I don't know if he will or won't, but um it, that that to me is is kind of a little you know some some intrigue on this, right? And, and real quick, I do feel like we need to address this that you know we've seen a lot of people kind of freaking out on social media about the people entering the transfer portal, guys. This is just how it's going to be for now on. I mean, this is you know this is college this is college athletics now. But this portal thing, just just get used to it, you know. But like Steve mentioned earlier, every single person so far or that has entered the transfer portal that's leaving from UAB, we wish nothing but the best for them. And I know the coaching staff wishes the same thing for these guys. Um, and yeah. on the on the other side, I mean, UAB might, you know, take a couple guys in from the portal. It's just it's just is right. what it is now. I mean, that's college sports nowadays. Yeah, and, and and it is, and and you you can't really blame, and and honestly, most of the reaction I've seen of the guys so far has been positive. You know, yeah. saying, you know, basically, thank you for your your service, and your you'll be a blazer forever, and that type of thing. Um, but you can't you you can't fault somebody if that's if if that's the decision that they make for their life. Right. Um, I don't, I don't fault it, and, I, and I'm talking about if a key guy goes that you don't expect to lose, and and you know I you know I'm not gonna say any names because I don't you know I don't want to you know people to hear it go oh he's leaving because you know I'm, I'm, i don't mean anybody in in i don't know particularly but if you know somebody that you're really counting on for your future decides uh you know next week that um that they think uh you know they want to put their name out there to see where you know if they can find a situation that they feel like is better for them as a person and as a player i you know i, I can't fault a guy for that i just i just can't you know because um you know, you fault a guy for that is first off is very hypocritical because a coach will do the same thing, you know, and, yeah. and, and yeah, you, you know, yeah, you get mad when your coach leaves, but, but you, you know, if, if it's their life and if they, if they feel like that, you know, this is the right thing for them, again, as a person and a player, um, you, you just gotta, I mean, you you can't, it is what it is. You just, you just gotta, you know, thank them for their time here and, and, Say good luck uh, down the road, and you know if we ever play you again, I hope we beat the crap out of you. You know, right. I mean, you know, I mean that's all you can do. Um, but uh, you know, and and I hope it, you know, I hope it doesn't, you know, I, ho- I hope we're done with the transfer portal um, from UAB folks. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, but uh, I hope that'd be great. But I don't think we are because I don't think we are in any program. I, I no. don't care what the program is. I don't care. I don't care how well it's going, or or you know, or how bad it's going. You know, I don't think you're, you know, I think this is just, a, um, you know, I don't know if it's human nature, but, but you know, certainly you could look at the situation 
Um, you know, like I saw a really interesting one today, uh, the guy, the quarterback at in, in, in Incarnate Word in San yeah. Antonio, you know, that kid who, um, who, who played at the same high school as Broderick Thomas and, you know, UAB's mm-hmm. outstanding safety and you know, a few years back. And, um, you know, he played in a small, uh, you know, wing T offense in, 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 in high school and nobody recruited him. And he went to, you know, a, uh, FCS team in, in, in Incarnate Word and, um, has turned into a superstar and, um, you know, loses his coach who, who went to Washington state as a, uh, as a offensive coordinator. And, um, so now, you know, he, he's put his name in the portal to see, see if he can get a better situation for him. You know, now those, those fans of that, of that program are freaking out, I'm sure. Cause this is, <laughs> you know, this is a guy who, I think he had 40 something touchdowns last year or this year, whatever. And, um, uh, so, but how can you fault him? You know, how, right. how can you fault a kid who, who who was you know so wasn't recruited out of high school and um, really and and you know now you now there's you know he's going to have a, a, a some probably some really good choices of the place to play. So that's just an example of of um, a kid that really is taking the right advantage of this thing. Shoot, you know, and looking uh, and looking our conference. I mean, look at what Bailey Zappi did at Western Kentucky. Yeah. those guys. Yeah, I mean, that's another good example. Of yeah, and, and I think they kind of rented rented that, that team, <laughs> honestly, yes. with all, with all of them they had personally. But you know, but 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 they're not. Um, but that but they didn't. They did it under the rules. Right. You know, they they had you know that that's that's you know that's just kind of the way of. Um, well, I mean, Andy Kennedy. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, it's un, it's under the rules, and it it. it um, you know, some coaches look at it now and say that's just the way it's going to be until it changes. Yeah. Um, and, and but but yeah, I mean, Western Kentucky is a great example. You know, and um, and really there was a lot. In, you know, in conference you say you know a lot of the programs made themselves better uh, through the portal. You know, and um, you know uh, some of them it didn't quite work out. You know, uh, I mean Louisiana Tech. I mean Louisiana Tech if if they don't lose Austin Kendall. Um, you know, they're, they're probably at least in a bowl game and, 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 um, Skip Holtz probably still has his job, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, so it, it, it was, I think it was going to work out in a positive way for them, but, you know, but he gets hurt and, you know, fault to anything, but he just got hurt. And, um, but that, that could have changed their season, you know? And, and, and so I, I understand it. Um, I mean, it, it you know, the, the transfers helped, helped UAB, you know, now they didn't, they didn't, um, go at it like you know some teams you know that i mean they 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 more filled spots you know mm-hmm. um but it helped you know i mean it, it certainly helped and and so um i understand it and again i understand why why players would do it and and families would you know would encourage their their son to do it um but um you know it it, it stings a little bit but um you just gotta say hey good luck and and thanks for everything you know like like right you, you know, you look at the guys that have left for, uh, you know, are leaving or have announced or leaving for, for UAB. And, and, you know, you have some pretty important guys in this return. Sure. You know, I mean, you have two guys who are here in 2016, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so you, you've got some really important guys who put their, you know, believed in, in, in Bill Clark and this program. And um, when, when at a time when, there wasn't a whole lot to believe in, you know, when we, cause you don't know when you come in for the return, you don't know what's going to happen. And so, um, I mean, if you, if you can't open your arms and you know hug those guys on the way out, there's something wrong with you. Right. Definitely wish those guys nothing but the best. Um, and guys, uh, just setting up the podcast too. 
Uh, next week, we'll drop a preview episode, um, getting ready for that big basketball matchup against West Virginia at the BJCC. So look for that in your feeds uh, sometime next week. Uh, and after that, we'll do a reaction podcast about what happens in the bowl game, too. I'm in the Independence Bowl against BYU. But um, as always, if you're not already, please make sure you're subscribed to our pla- uh, to our podcast on a podcast platform, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Just hit that follow or subscribe button and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash blazerpod. But without further ado, guys, we'll roll our interview that we had with Mitch Harper. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Blazer Victory Podcast, where we are pleased to be joined by Mitch Harper, who's a BYU insider for KSL Sports and also is a radio host for BYU on KSL. Mitch, thank you so so much just for taking some time out to talk with Steve and I um, about some BYU football this evening. Yeah, John, Steve, uh, excited to do this. Uh, I think this is going to be a, a, a really good matchup. Uh, I know Cougar fans were a little bit salty about ending up in the Independence Bowl, but I think that this is going to be a, a a good football game, and I think it's going to it's going to become one of the uh, the better bowl games I think in this bowl season. So I'm looking forward to breaking down the matchup with you guys. Right. Oh, no doubt. And I guess I w- let's go ahead and just start there because you know from a UAB you know fans perspective, seeing the Twitter reaction just from BYU fans. I mean, I get it. I mean, you know, you you're a you know top 13 team. Um, a really good ball team uh, this year for BYU, and then you get you know shipped off to the Independence Bowl. Uh, that's that's gotta you know get Cougar fans uh, just even more antsy about getting over to the Big Twelve to get some better bowl talent tie-ins. Yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is, is that I think that Cougar fans got a little bit uh, uh, they got some fed some info from I think other sources around BYU that just really weren't accurate. I mean, this was a contracted game, and, and BYU. Uh, we know with with how the college football playoff committee operates, they're not going to give toss a bone to the little guy. I mean, they they give it to Cincinnati because they basically were cornered into actually helping them out and putting them at another number four. They weren't going to let BYU an independent with two losses, one of which against a, a average Boise State team. They weren't going to put them in one of those big bowl games. And and so this was a contracted game. And the Independence Bowl has been uh, you know a, a good partner with BYU. They were willing to. Uh, you know, partner with BYU for three seasons. Obviously, it's not going to play out the full agreement because, as you mentioned, the Cougars are going to go to the Big 12. But, uh, you know, this is, I think, going to be a good situation for BYU. They got to be dialed in. They got to be motivated because, you know, there, there's been some, you know, a little bit of maybe distractions with the coaching carousel and some rumors in that regard. But, uh, you know, this BYU team, uh, I think that, you know, it's it's not the ideal in, spot, but I think that at the end of the day, it's a football game. And it's against a good UAB team that I think uh, when on any given Saturday, they can rise up and, and beat this BYU team. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, this is the first ever meeting between uh, BYU and UAB, you know, at least on the football field. I know we've got a little history, you know, on the basketball court. And, you know, a few years ago, we played y'all in the NIT where you guys beat us. Um, but I guess let's talk quickly about the coaching rumors. Is there still some rumors swirling around that Kalani Sataki might be in the run for the Oregon job? Or is that just just media talking, you think? No, it's it's legit. And I, I think that Kalani is one of the, you know, top three or top four guys for that Oregon's job. I don't think he's number one. And and I think that, you know, Kalani wants to be at BYU still, but I think that, you know, BYU has been a, a program that's uh, not kept up kept up with the speed of, of college football in terms of resources and commitment and things like that. And, you know, BYU on their support staff, they only have two full-time 
uh, individuals operating the recruiting department. Uh, you know, you look in the Big 12, you look at even in group of five programs, you know, they sometimes have, you know, upwards to a dozen full-time personnel. So BYU's a little bit behind in that regard. And I think that's where Kalani Satake wants to see improvements, knowing that, you know, the Big 12 Conference, they got a firsthand taste of what Big 12 life's going to look like when they got thumped by Big 12 champion Baylor earlier this mm. year. They've got to, you know, step it up. And Kalani wants to be at BYU. He loves BYU and he loves the fan base, but uh, you know, he's also faced adversity in his time at BYU where it always, it all, always wasn't, you know, happy go lucky. And when he goes in 2017 and has a four win season, people were ready to run him out of town, but you know, he's always been a passionate BYU guy. He played for Lavelle Edwards. He, he lives and dies by BYU football when he was growing up as a fan in the shadows of, of Cougar stadium. So I think he's going to stay. And I think that he's going to remain at BYU, but BYU has got to show that financial commitment to him his program and the support staff to get them into the new era of the big 12 conference to succeed. Now, now you, you know, you talk about people wanting to run them out of town after that season or have those people change a change or, or, I mean, or if there's a tough year, say you go into the big 12 and have, you know, first year is a tough year. Will, will that talk come back or, or, or have, have people, um, I guess been convinced that he, he is a good football coach and, and that was just kind of a, uh, you know, weird time. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely possible. Um, you know, Kalani, uh, I think, though, what, what he's done at BYU, it's, you know, BYU is such a unique job to begin with, with their affiliation with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So it's just a it's a unique entity. And he has immersed himself with BYU from his style. He's a guy that will, you know, he'll dance in the postgame locker room. He's so personable. I mean, even uh, it was Halloween week. They were getting ready to play Virginia. And I was talking with Kalani. They were hosting a trunk or treat for all the fans. I tell Kalani, I'm like, I'd be the only coach in major college football that's hosting a trunk or treat getting ready for a game against a P5 team. And he's like, you know, Mitch, that, that's probably right. But, you know, we do it for these fans. We want to be we want to support these guys. And and I think that, you know, all the fans have, have came around to Kalani. And I think they understand that, you know, the Big 12 will have some seasons where it won't always be these 10 win, you know, nine win seasons that BYU fans have always expected in the WAC and Mountain West and Independence. But, uh, you know, I, I think that he's the right fit for BYU, and he, he's the perfect fit for BYU, honestly, as they go into this this next era of the Big 12. And, and he said in the in the past he wants to be the Polynesian Lavelle Edwards. And honestly, I, guys, I think that he has that, you know, ability to become that at BYU. And, and I think that he's earned the job security and the right to – really kind of called the shots more in his program. I think that's one of the things that maybe he's fighting for is to have more autonomy and more resources given to his team. Yeah. I mean, he, he definitely deserves it. I mean, you look at his uh, ball club this year, you know, going five and oh against the pac 12 and, you know, like you mentioned earlier, only two losses in the year. And one of those was to the big 12 champs. Um, but let's talk a little bit about this 2021 team. I, from from an out from an outsider's viewpoint, it looks like the offense really does revolve around Tyler Algier. I mean, you, you, he pops off on the film, uh, Mitch. I mean, you look at the stats: over fourteen hundred yards, twenty touchdowns. I mean, is it safe to say that that offense does does revolve around you know feeding him twenty plus times a game and getting him over a hundred yards per game? Absolutely, that's that's an accurate assessment, uh, John. Because uh, you know Tyler Algier his. His story is is unique, how he came to BYU as a preferred walk-on, uh, set a bunch of high school records as a running back, but you know, there really wasn't much of a spot for him at the running back position at BYU. He switches over to linebacker and was this pretty good linebacker at BYU, but 
They had a lot of personnel losses in that backfield eventually, and BYU switched him back to running back, and it's worked out great because he's been a, a star at BYU. He's, I mean, he's he's up there with some of the greats that the program has had over the years that includes a, a Doak Walker winner back in the day and Luke Staley. So I think that Tyler Algier is, uh, is definitely going to be the focal point for BYU's offense. Now, that quarterback, Jaron Hall, he's been very good this year. And I think, honestly, it's been one of the more underrated – uh, storylines out in the west uh, you know western region of college football is that Jaron Hall his efficiency he just doesn't turn over the football very often that USC game in the Coliseum where he had two picks that was the first time he's had multiple INTs this season in a game and then that was game number 12 so he takes care of the football and he's he's a big playmaker too he, he can he can throw the ball downfield he's got some talented receivers maybe the best receivers BYU has had I'd say in the last 20 years watching this program and you know, it, it's an explosive offense. It's gotten to the point where I think they feel like whenever they touch the rock, they're going to be able to put up some points. And I think that's, that's, what's going to be fun to watch with this BYU team going into Shreveport. Yeah. You know, you know, you, you talk about that. It, it, I just watched the USC game today and I've, you know, watched several games over the past few days. And to me, I, you know, I think the offense revolves more around Jaron Hall than it does as good as Algiers is. That's what makes him so good and from one of the games I've seen is you've got that dual threat and you've got the, you know, you can't just line up and say, hey, we're going to try to stop Algiers as good as he is and uh, because because of the passing game and because of Jaron Hall. Yeah, Jaron has been a, a, a talent. He's been a great player for BYU this season. And, you know, he, he won a three-man three uh, quarterback race in the preseason and and to fill in the footsteps of, of Zach Wilson, that was a tall order. And I think the national yeah. narrative yeah. coming into this year was that BYU would naturally take a big step back from that 11-win season a year ago. But you can argue that this team's better, and this and I think the, the the schedule that they face is far better, but for sure. And so I think that you can you know argue that Jaron Hall's season's been darn near as impressive as what Zach Wilson did, and he was the number two overall pick so yeah jaron's a a guy that i don't think the coaches want to run very often he does definitely have that dual threat ability when he pops off for a big run it, it kind of reminds folks around here of Taysom hill who you know i'm sure you guys are aware uh, yeah he, he's got he's got that playmaking ability when he does turn it on but he's dealt with some rib injuries this season and i think that you know coaches want to avoid him getting hit at all costs but if he needs to improvise or they call up something for him on the ground uh, Jaron Hall is, is pretty explosive in, in that regard. Yeah, I mean, it's, it seems like, you know, mentioned, you know, kind of along that line, it seemed like another thing that jumped out to me was when he did run, it was a big play, you know, like mm -hmm. a, at a big time, like, you know, the third and, you know, third down in a big moment. And, you know, he just made a play. I mean, that's that's kind of what sort of jumped out to me that the, the kid really seems to, you know, to to have a knack for making a play at the right time. Yeah, he really does. He, he's He's a... Uh, you know, a, a cerebral, a cerebral player. He, he's got a good head on his shoulders. Personality-wise, he's he's more of a kind of quiet, reserved guy, leader by example type. This offseason, he was working with John Beck, the guy that uh, was training Zach Wilson before. He's a former BYU quarterback as well. So uh, he he is committed. He wants to be an NFL quarterback, and I think he's made huge leaps in his game. And to think that he's only a sophomore, and BYU could have him when they begin the Big 12 era, it's pretty exciting. Uh, for for the Cougars and and he definitely um, you know this is a game in the Independence Bowl where I think if he has a big performance uh, it sets the table for BYU to be I think a, a preseason top 25 team potentially next year even without 
Tyler Algier next year, who I think is probably going to move on to the NFL. Yeah. I think that if Hall, you know, plays well, we know how this sport works. People will say returning quarterback, coming back from 10, 11 wins, whatever it may be. Uh, they're a, a team that uh, he'll keep an eye, eye, eye out for uh, in the national polls. And, you know, he's got some talented guys to throw the ball to. And, you know, you look at the stats, you know, Puka Nakua, obviously the leading wide receiver. Um, but do we know the status of Gunnar Romney? Because I noticed, you know, it looks like he hasn't played since the Georgia Southern game. Do you know if he'll get a shot in the bowl game? Yeah, or? yeah so I think he's going to try to give it a go. Um, you know, he, yeah. he dressed for the USC game. He was a late scratch. Uh, he, he was expected to play. He was going to be ready, but then he he tweaked something with his hamstring, and and he was a late scratch in that warm-up. But I think he he wants to maybe give it a go. He said in the preseason that this was going to be his final season, and he wants to move on to the NFL. So I think he wants to maybe get another uh, last chance, potentially, to uh, get some more film on and be a guy that, uh, uh, you know, to, to impress NFL scouts. So I, I think that he will try to give it a go, but uh, he will be probably questionable uh, you know, it'll be maybe more of a game time decision to see how he runs and how he looks in, in those warmups in Shreveport. But uh, I would expect he tries to give it a go. And Mitch, can you talk a little bit about Puka Nakua? And I believe his younger is his younger brothers on the squad, too. Uh, uh, Samson Nakua it looks like he's had yeah. some, a couple of touchdown receptions as well. Yes. Samson's actually the older brother. And he's, oh, okay. the, he's the grad transfer from Utah. Puka, he might, he has the potential, I, I believe, and I remember watching him when he was a four-star recruit at a, at a local high school here in Utah. I think he has the potential to be maybe the, one of the best receivers in program history for BYU. Puka's special, and he's a, he's a future NFL receiver, just a big playmaker in the in the receiver at the receiver, and he invites contact. He loves the one-on-one -on -one battles. He is all about that. He's a big Conor McGregor fan. He loves kind of that mentality of Conor McGregor, uh, Mamba mentality, that kind of killer mindset. That's Puka Nakua. And, and his brother's more of a, you know, a kind of happy-go-lucky guy. But, man, he's brought a kind of a swagger and a, and a passion to this BYU team that maybe in, in big games they lack the confidence to, you know, get over that finish line and win those games and close it out. Those guys have brought a little bit of an edge. And uh, I think their experience in – you know, the Pac-12 and, and just their kind of the, the aura around them. I think it's 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 been an infectious thing for this BYU team. So, yeah, those guys are are definite names to, to keep an eye out for. And they were huge gets for BYU out of the transfer portal. They came, they came to BYU because they wanted to be closer to their ailing grandma. And, and uh, it worked out for BYU because those guys have been perfect fits in Aaron Roderick's offense. Nice. Um, but – I guess looking at the offense, though, I, I know I disagree with Steve, but it looks like, you know, when you look at the two losses that BYU had uh, this year, you know, to Baylor and to uh, Boise State, it honestly looks like both of those teams did a great job on stopping Algier and honestly just being more physical with this BYU team. So do you foresee, Mitch, that that's something that UAB is going to have to do on the defensive side of the ball to, you know, have a shot in this bowl game? No question. Uh, you know, Baylor – Kalani Satake called out BYU's physicality in that game against Baylor. Just flat out, you know, said we we weren't physical enough. We got kind of embarrassed, basically, is what he he basically said in that post game. And and that Baylor game, that was a that was just a they got dominated full flat out. Uh, the Boise State game was more of a uh, you know turnovers where BYU had back to back uh, you know fumbles two times that they touched the ball, both you know deep in um, you know their own territory. And Boise State, you know, 
capitalized with two touchdowns in, in, in with those turnovers. So, uh, but the Baylor game, uh, they were outclassed, uh, and then the physicality was it was a big thing there. And BYU uh, on the offensive line, a little bit banged up. They're, they're hoping to get their starting right tackle back from earlier this season in Harris Lachance. He's been out for about week four, week five, if, if memory serves me right. And they also his backup. Campbell Barrington, a freshman All-American by the Maxwell Football Club. Uh, he has been banged up as well. They're down to their third string at the right tackle position. He's done a nice job in Braden Kime, former walk-on tight end. But, uh, you know, they, they, they've been a nicked-up group on the offensive line. Still pretty big, physical, the kind of O-line you've grown to expect over the years from BYU, mature, things like that. Uh, but uh, but definitely a little bit thinner than usual that they have maybe wore at, the, at week one when they were beating up on some Power 5 teams. And, and Mitch, when you switch over to the defensive side of the ball for BYU this year, it, it honestly just looks like the, you know, staple Sataki team defense just pretty much you all you see a blue a blue jersey or a white jersey everywhere around the football. Um, would you say that's accurate again this year? Just a good team defensive effort for the 2021 BYU team? Yeah, they're very multiple. They adapt to to their you know, opponent uh, each and every week, you'll see sometimes some base packages where they're dropping eight. Uh, you'll see you know some three down fronts. You'll see some four down front. I mean, they, they change it up quite a bit week in, week out. It's interesting. And you'll see what their defense personnel wise. I mean, I, I don't, I, I, I don't see this very often in college football where they'll just do like mass substitutions where all 11 guys, like a hockey sub, like they'll, <laughs> they'll bring out all 11 guys and sub in 11 new guys. And this has been kind of a, a thing that's been going on for the last, you know, two or three years uh, with Kalani Sataki and defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki, uh, they play a ton of guys and they will distribute the snaps to many players. I mean, you look at what they were doing against USC and I'm sure Steve saw it when his, in his film study, but you know, they were digging deep into their depth because there was a lot of injuries and they had some freshman walk-ons along that defensive line on the final drive where USC was trying to, you know, regain the lead and win that ball game. So BYU, I, I think there's an opportunity for UAB to put some yards up and some points. I know that UAB offensively, maybe through the airs, had some difficulties, but on the ground uh, with the talented running back that you guys have, I think that there's going to be some opportunities uh, to pile up some yards. And BYU defensively, too, they have consistently allowed teams to pile up these long methodical drives where you're talking about 10 plays, 12, 14. I mean, almost every game you point to since about week four against USF, BYU has allowed just a long methodical scoring drive to the opponent. And uh, they're not the best team at getting off on third downs either. So, uh, you know, BYU's got some, you know, they've got depth and it's been tested significantly this year uh, with losing some of their key linebackers like Keenan Peely and Peyton Wilgar, and one of their top safeties in Chaz Ayu, a four-star recruit, he's been dealing with an injury. They're hoping to get him back uh, for the bowl game as well. But uh, they are a banged-up group, and there is opportunity to get yards on this BYU defense. They are uh, nothing uh, special, honestly, at this point. They are they are a thin group, and uh, there's opportunities to get yards on that team. Nice. Well, Steve, I was going to tell him, you know, sometimes we give up <laughs> long drives, but uh, yeah, uh, that's because of uh, maybe some laundry on the field. <laughs> on our side. Well, yeah, yeah, tend to help. Yeah, tend to be very helpful at uh, key <laughs> moments uh, defensively. But, you know, I, I think one thing that, that sort of jumped out to me, too, about BYU defensively, you know, in, in that USC game was a prime example was you know, I, I just didn't think that they got a lot of pressure, you know, or, mm-hmm. or um 
you know, I mean, what what you only have, I think, what is it, um, 17 sacks or 15 sacks or something like that on the year. I mean, has that been a problem, you know, this year for uh, for BYU pressuring people? Or ha- have they pressured well, just hadn't got the sacks? So I think USC, I mean, I, I think UAB is, you know, their, st- their, their sack numbers probably aren't as good as they've been up front pressuring the quarterback. I think they've done a good job pressuring the quarterback, but it doesn't necessarily show in the sack numbers. What, what's it like for BYU? Yeah, BYU is this has been a, a reoccurring theme uh, the last couple of years is that they just do not get to the quarterback. And I think a lot of it is by design. Uh, you know, even their defensive coordinator, Lance Satuiaki, uh, he I had an interview with him on on uh, KSL News Radio uh, before the season. And I asked him about sacks because I think a lot of Cougar fans, they get uh, just kind of frustrated with can't we get to the quarterback? Why can't we get these sacks, these big numbers um, uh, in the sack game, sack department? Because, and they think they get that frustration because back in Kalani Satake's days with Utah, they had a thing called Sack Lake City where, you know, they were <laughs> top five in the nation with just a, a blitz heavy defensive look. And it just hasn't been that way at BYU. And, and Tuiaki, you know, told me, he's like, you know, we don't really worry too much about getting like getting sacks and uh they are all about you know keeping things in front of them and uh yards per pass attempt things like that those are the metrics that they really focus on and BYU is one of the better teams in the country when it comes to uh not allowing the big play uh so a little bit of a step back this year but quality of competition has been much better this year than last uh, but yeah, it's it's almost kind of feels like it's by design. It's just who they are. I mean, since 2019, they are not getting the quarterback very often, and um, that's just that's just what it is with with BYU defensively. Wow. How about, how about secondary wise? You know, one one thing that that UAB loves to do is take shots downfield. You know that you know it's it's a kind of the way that they've set up the offense is that, you know, the running game's going to fuel it, but, um, but, you know, got to have some of those downfield shots, uh, you know, to, to really be efficient offensively, uh, even though the overall pass numbers a lot of times aren't good, but, but, you know, they have to have those shots downfield. What is What's, uh, what's BYU like in the secondary? Yeah. Cornerback, uh, quarterback, they're, they're not bad. Uh, our Oregon state transfer, Caleb Hayes, I think has emerged as one of the top guys, uh, for BYU at corner, he he has been a, a grad transfer that's had a huge impact, and uh, he's had a, quite a few pass breakups, even including in that USC game. Yeah. I, I've been researching right; he had a couple. Yeah, so on him, number eighteen. He's been pretty good this season. He's done a nice job. And that safety, uh, again, keep an eye on for for Chaz Ayu, number three. If he returns from an injury, that'd be a huge boost for BYU on the back end of their defense because he's one of the best playmakers they have. I think at the safety position and in their secondary too. back at the Utah game, he had a big interception. That was a rivalry game where BYU's looking to end the nine game losing streak. He just makes big plays in that moment. And they switched him over to linebacker a little bit midway through the season. It just wasn't a fit. I think if he comes back this for the independence bowl, we'll see him back at safety. And and I think that's where he can line up. So keep an eye out for him. The safeties though, they're, they have been uh, a suspect at times, but guys like Malik Moore, Number twelve, uh, they've been uh, they, they've had a few big games where he, multiple interceptions against Washington State. So uh, they, they they have their opportunities for for playmaking. And again, they they kind of their calling card is that they keep pretty much everything in front of them, and they're not going to allow the big play. And I think that's what they can hang their hat on is something that they week in week out are, are pretty good at. Nice. So a bend but don't break mentality. It seems like. yeah, really nice. 
Well, Mitch, it's been a pleasure. Guys, if you are not following Mitch on Twitter, definitely give him a follow at Mitch underscore Harper for great BYU content. You know, again, he does a great job as a radio host on KSL, which is the home of BYU football and just covering BYU. And also, you know, he's on the BYU 247 too as a publisher. So definitely give him a follow ahead of the game to get some great BYU content. But thanks again, Mitch, so much for coming on with us. Yeah, no problem, guys. It's it, I'm I'm excited for this matchup. Like I said, and when Steve mentioned the the basketball, you know, tie-ins, I thought back to like that 87, 88 game. Gene Bartel, BYU had a chance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's a little bit of revenge at stake for BYU to try to <laughs> 33 years to get that revenge on UAB. So no, it's a pleasure well, talking. And, hey, now, uh, now, don't forget you got that revenge in the NIT game. Yeah, we gave you all the yeah, NIT. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, yeah, I appreciate the shout-out. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'll have a lot of content throughout the week in Shreveport. So if you want to get some, uh, you know, a look in the Independence Bowl week, for, try from both sides, I'll uh, have things covered there. So appreciate it, guys. Of right, course, Blazer, Blazer fans, definitely give him a follow. And Steve and I will be back next week to get you ready for that big basketball game against West Virginia. But as always, go Blazers.